What's up, listeners? It's Saturday, December 10th. We are on a brisk, beautiful December night. On our way to Boston. So much shit going on. Haven't potted in months, I think. Um, but I figure I got a nice long commute ahead of me. Might as well, you know, air one out on all the crazy bullshit going on in Fenway with the Red Sox, um, United States men's uh, national team choking against uh, the Netherlands and more. So we'll get into it now because I'm just passionate about, you know, baseball as pod. I would say 75% leans more towards the Red Sox. I started the pod because of my frustrations with the team. There's a couple of drunk episodes probably where I'm on here trashing them too that I might have deleted because it was like a cry for help. But sober, fucking here in the world, I hate this team. I hate the ownership. I hate, I don't hate the team, but I hate the ownership, which is the owners of the team. And I just can't believe how many legacy players we've just let walk out that pardon my French again but fucking door because of what like 10 or 12 or 30 million dollars or whatever the hell the Red Sox are uh haggling about it just boggles my mind and we're we are back in the Dan Duquette era um you know the Yawkey organization just you know alligator arms afraid to come out of pocket uh, ownership group, and I'm fucking pissed about it because we let Xander Bogart walk, who's now on the Padres. Who, I mean, if Tatis can just lay off the roids, this team has to be probably one of the best teams ever assembled um, with the way that they're spending money on signing talent. It's going to be interesting to see what goes on. I mean, if I'm Xander, I'm pumped for it because you got all these crazy hitters around you, so you're probably going to get all the good pitches thrown to you. They're going to try to, you know, and that's kind of how it works, right? Like most pitchers, they'll, they'll, they'll throw the kitchen sink at the uh, the best hitters on the team to make them strike out. And then when you come up, you know, it's just, it's fair game. Uh, and I really feel like he's going to thrive there. And then we turn to the Red Sox who have done literally, I mean, I'm happy with the Japanese sensation they signed, but I'm still not like, no way does it make me feel better about what happened with Xander. And now you pissed off Devers. Devers is going to ask for so much money, which he deserves. The guy is an absolute, like, hitting machine. But he might not take it either. He's, he's pissed. Like, why? I just, I'm, I, I think of this uh, organization, and I will say, it's not the Red Sox mainly. It's the Fenway Sports Group that owns this team. That is, like, literally what Darth Vader was. Um, John Henry is a Darth Vader of the Death Star, which is FSG. And... I just can't believe that this dude is letting this team run into the ground. We all know what happened to him with Liverpool. They they can't stand. When he did the Super League thing, they were going to riot over there. When is the Red Sox fans going to wake up and finally say, fuck this, fuck this ownership group, put it up for sale. We're done paying $60 for a shitty-ass team to sit in the bleacher seats. We're done paying $15 for a, a, a Bud Light with foam on it that's like four fucking inches like tall. So it's just the same thing. It's like one thing that I saw that they were doing right, especially when they gave Poppy his money and um, they realized that you got to keep your generational talent just because that's what makes you a good organization. That's what made the Yankees so special. I don't know. Like, I guess maybe it's not possible anymore with free agency and how crazy it is and how much money just gets tossed at these guys. But you got to think that, you know, 
they could at least keep the Joe DiMaggio's of the organization or the Lou Gehrig's or, or the, you know, Derek Teeters that this is why they never signed with us. This is why, you know, no player wanted to play on our team because they realized how shitty of an organization we had. And this is 30 years ago, you know, 30, you know, yeah, 30 years ago, probably around there. When I was started getting in the Red Sox, the ownership was the, sh- the worst, had spent no money. And Fenway was a, a shit show. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, we started winning games. We started putting good teams together. And, and again, early John Henry, I like and I appreciate because he was just a hungry dude. You know, made all his money on soy farms and then started bu- buying baseball teams. He had the Marlins and then he, he went over to Boston. And it was cool. I mean, my fears finally ended when the Red Sox won the World Series. I'll never say this was like the greatest moment of my life. It was a great moment to share with my dad. I mean, everyone got to see that before, you know, I feel bad for the person who died, you know, the 85th year where they didn't win, but that 86th year was like memorable. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, we're untouchable now. We brought a Red Sox trophy to Boston. Let's, and then they won again, like four more, whatever the hell they did, three more. Um, and it was pretty cool, but it's still not cool to let guys like this go. They're still not cool to just kick people off this team that are really good guys. I've never had one single bad thing to say about Xander Borgardens. And up and even till we played the Astros in the playoffs last year, when I walked in and he hit a fucking bomb over the green monster, I was like, man, like I, I could just not imagine him not signing with the Red Sox, but now it's happening. And you know, we're all in tor- turmoil. It, then they put out this video uh, thanking Xander. And it's like all these like childhood, I, you know, he's been in the organization his whole life. And they let him walk like that. I, I really don't understand what Hein Bloom's plan is, but he may be probably the worst GM of all time. Um, I'm really, I'm really not. I mean, again, you might hear me three months ago where I'm praising the guy for the, and I did think the winter, you know, the, the, uh, the trade deadline deals last, last uh, was, was interesting. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to the playoffs, but they wanted to win some games for the people paying $150 to sit, you know, underneath, you know, in front of a fucking um, iron, you know, uh, steel pole right in your face that you paid $150 to, but it's just, it's crazy. And I'm, I'm saying the Red Sox, I'm saying the Patriots, both organizations need to start spending some fucking money, signing some people, we're tired of losing, and it's just bullshit. Like, and, and, I'll, and I'll get off that. I don't want to talk any more baseball. I mean, cool. Aaron Judge signed. That's great for the Yankees. Again, they're showing, though, the future players that, you know what, we take care of our guys. But I'm not saying, you know, who knows? You never know with some of these players. They can get injured um, two years in their contract. They could all of a sudden, you know, be an Andrew Luck and just suck forever. You never know when you throw money at something. But again, Aaron Judge... Solid. Good for him. Got his money. Congratulations. And there's a lot of other stuff going on. Trey Turner, Cubs. I mean, there's just going to be so much, um, so much different things going on right now. So, but we'll jump into, uh, the, the United States men's, uh, national team, man. I was really following them even in the, um, the qualifiers. And I was falling in love with this team, not just because, you know, I got into soccer right around then, but I really did think that this team was special, and I thought that we could really go far in the World Cup. I'm not saying I thought we could win it, but I thought we could go far. And you know, there were some great games, like that Mexico game last uh, this year. 
where um, Pulisic pulls up his shirt, man in the mirror, whatever the hell it said. Like, that was one of the best United States men's national team games I've ever seen. And if you haven't seen it, go back, watch that game. Absolute dogfight in Mexico. Um, we won the game. And, um, you know, we, we showed, and we did. And I will say, like, we did show this year that we are a force. Um, we made it to the uh, knockout round, which is extremely hard to do when you're going against the best soccer players in the world. But I just thought that game against Netherlands was like the saddest performance um, we could have put out there with a whole year. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna really call out the head coach. I don't like him at all. He just gives me some vibe. He's a dick. And from what I know from great coaching, from just looking at the Premier League, you gotta have a little bit of personality. You know, and and if you're gonna act like a dick, you gotta earn it. You know, don't just like get the coaching job and, and and make all these calls that are extremely questionable. And and I'll start with with just even not bringing Ricardo Pepe on that team when you saw that um, they were like Ricardo Pepe carried them. He had some goals in the end that were like nailed, um, like last minute, you know, 88th or 70th minute, whatever the fuck it was. He was that guy in that team, and he didn't call him up. He went with Josh Sargent, who ended up getting hurt for the Netherlands game, I might add. And granted, Josh Sargent doing really well with like his, but he's doing really well in like a crappier level uh, soccer league. So for Norwich City, and and you're probably wondering how the fuck do you know all this shit? I this is how much I got into this team. So that happened. Fast forward to then the World Cup, and you know. Zimmerman, this dude plays for the MLS and he's like starting for this team. What you will see though eventually is more uh, American talent playing overseas, but an MLS guy who's been playing against like MLS talent, while it's decent talent for America, it ain't even like the fifth lowest league, like the Rexham, that TV show, they're probably playing in the MLS in terms of talent. I, I don't know, maybe a little higher, but... They're getting better, and there's more players coming over to the uh, coming to this country, which is really cool for the sport. But I, he did that um, on Gareth Bale. He got played like a fiddle, and you know it, it really cost us that game. Regardless, you know what? We made it to that knockout round, and then we just no one wanted to shoot. And I think that hopefully these younger kids, you know, they're 19, 20, 22. They're gonna be 26, you know, four years, or, you know, whenever. Tyler Adams, absolute monster. Became a huge fan of his, um, and I, I've been a fan of Leeds with Tyler Adams and um, Brendan Aronson. Uh, they've just 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 like an American team over there. They have an American head coach. That's the guy I want coaching the United States uh, men's national team. Uh, Jesse Marsh is his name, not Greg Berhalter. Um, just really, you know, give him credit. He got through to those four years, but I think that you need a better, fresher, younger face than this guy. I. Follow, you know, again, I follow the team. I follow the comments. People don't like him. And, um, you know, there were some calls that I just, I didn't agree with. So it is what it is. It's been an amazing World Cup. <clears throat> it sucks because as Americans, we want to see high scores. We want to see goals like, you know, scissor goals and scorpion kicks and all types of crap because we're used to just high level entertainment when it comes to football, WWF, whatever the hell it is. So when you watch soccer, you see, uh, a zero-zero game, you're like, oh, this is so stupid. Why do I even watch this? But when you learn the sport, you learn how hard a zero-zero game really is. 
and you're like, oh, wow, what a battle that was. I can't believe no one scored. There's so many crazy saves. And you, uh, you get, you know, you understand it. And this year's World Cup was the most 0-0 matches ever. I think it was like eight uh, for all the games. So, but that's kind of what it's about. People are nervous as shit when they're there. Um, you're in another country. You're with the best. You represent your country. I mean, there's guys like Harry Kane today that will remember this for the rest of their life. He missed like penalty kick to tie the game against France. I feel terrible for him. Um, but for some of them, his skill and all the money he makes, I don't feel that bad. But um, it's been a great World Cup. Um, we got Morocco versus France, which is a huge matchup. And then you have Argentina versus, uh, God, um, who the hell is Argentina playing? Croatia. So this is getting interesting. And you got Messi on his, and, and Portugal got knocked out today. So, so much crap. Brazil got knocked out yesterday. You guys got to follow the World Cup. It's just been the most entertaining, uh, you know, it's something exciting, something to look forward to. Yes, it's during the day. Yes, you're not probably working hard anyways. Catch those games, catch, especially the last, you know, half. Um, and you'll just watch uh, great sport. And it's just, I've, I've really enjoyed it. it. sucks it's only four years. But at least in four years from now, it'll be at Gillette Stadium, down the road from all of us. So uh, really pumped about that. And then, you know, that's it. I think uh, popular culture, the whole Twitter thing, is absolutely insane. The fact that, and I'm not surprised, but this is happening in all social media channels you're being fed information like they look at you like a, a like you're a lab rat and they're blocking people they're shadow banning they're um de-amplifying their voice why do we use these tools i know a majority of people that i know use it because they get to share pictures with their friends and family and it's like fun and they can see what they're up to i mean i have friends from a different country that use uh, messenger as you know they're means of communication with their family i use whatsapp you know we do have this this uh glue to to all this but when it comes to like the the facebook's the twitter's the reddit's um it's heavily modded moderated and we're never gonna know the true impact that this has happened until maybe there's studies and classes and there's things done about you know just social media in general um, it's a private company, so no one really knows what goes behind the scenes. And I'm not surprised to see all the things that are going on. And I give Elon Musk um, all the credit in the world for buying Twitter, you know, just blowing $45 billion um, just to um, really uncover some truths about this. And I think it's actually helping the brand. And I think it was his plan the whole time where you're going to go in here, you're going to clean it up, and then you're going to get everyone to be like, all right, I can actually trust this company. They don't trust Facebook. I see more and more people saying, ah, I got to get off Facebook and this and that. There's always like a negative thing about it. And um, I fucking love being off Facebook. I'm, I'm a being a Twitter monkey again, but like I hated it. Well, I loved it. One, I was obsessed with it and I posted my whole life on it. And then I just went to went through some shit, broke up with my girl at the time and uh started meditating i was doing yoga i don't know i went on some eat pray love you can call it and then just said put up a cheesy post with a cheesy line and then deleted my uh my facebook and 
now like i get back into town and i see people I'm like holy shit like i it's like it's it's it, i feel like i'm on like a netflix show where I, I come back for the holidays and i'm getting to know everybody and i'm and it's just like wild like there's a kid i hung out with i went to the friars game where i hadn't seen in 10 years so it's so good to but there's nothing wrong with sharing photos with friends and doing all that i think it's just like the addiction to checking it is really what's putting harm on people to uh and they're abusing it and and i mean god and people love it because you see a train wreck person and you're like oh man you're grabbing the popcorn you're looking at the comments um you know sharing pictures i see where the where the the fun part comes of it but the deep-seated shit is that we're like becoming just marketing and we're being surveilled and it's scary and the government's involved with it clearly with twitter um so, you know, what, what's the next step? Do we regulate social media? But you want, and then, uh, you know, Joe Rogan said this before, you want the government doing that? It's a, it's a slippery slope. And I knew when this thing was created, it was really strange. Uh, it's, it's historic because I grew up with traditional media, traditional news. And then all of a sudden this invention came out where you kind of controlled your story. And then, you know, the world blew up. So... I had to do a take on that because it's very interesting. I've been reading the Twitter files and um, it's just been crazy, but I don't think anything is going to change. They're just going to, you know, it's like, it's almost like a tax haven. They'll just close that one up and open something new that doesn't look like the last one. So um, really interesting stuff. I always get, I don't want to get too overworked. Sometimes I think I look into this stuff too much and then it makes me angry and I really don't know why I do this to myself. But um, had to talk about that because it's definitely something worth talking about um, that didn't involve sports or Boston or, and, and whatever. But that's about it. I think, um, you know, everything's good with everything. If the Red Sox finally understand that the fans are going to end up rioting if they don't do anything about this team, um, I, I hope that they do. I mean, there's some people I know that are so mad at the team that they probably would, like, protest outside of Fenway. But what are you going to do? It's baseball. It's not the end of the world. But, yeah, I mean, it, it is if you're taking your family out for a, a cool G-note um, with dinner, parking, tickets, um, memorabilia. Um, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a kick in the face. So I hope things get better. Um, I'm going to wrap up this pod. Thanks for tuning back in. Everyone have a good rest of their weekend. We'll talk soon. Peace.